Psalm 105 is a short retelling of Israel's history, from the days of Abraham all the way to the inheritance of the promised land. The story begins in verse 8, with Abraham and the covenant that God had made with him. That's where the story of Israel begins, with the promise to give Abraham the land of Canaan. And that promise was then given to his son Isaac, and then to his son Jacob. Now, the promise sounds ridiculous to a lot of people at first, because you're promising an old man with an old wife that they'll have a child, and from that child, an entire nation is going to be born. But nevertheless, God kept them safe through all their travels, refused to let anyone oppress his anointed ones, and made those promises come true. God's providence, even in the midst of disaster, is retold through the story of Joseph in verses 16 through 24. Reading at verse 16, when he'd summoned a famine on the land and broke all supply of bread, he had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Just as God was able to do the impossible with Abraham by giving him a son in his old age, God also did the impossible with Joseph. Joseph began as a slave but was made lord of Egypt and given rulership over all of Pharaoh's possessions, all to save Israel from the coming famine. Now, verses 25 through 38, that retells the Exodus story and the plagues that God sent to free his people from Egyptian bondage. And verses 39 through 45 tell of how God cared for Israel in the wilderness and eventually fulfilled his promises to Abraham by giving Israel the land of Canaan. So what are we to do with this psalm? We could have just read Genesis through Joshua and gotten the same story. What does the psalmist want us to really focus and meditate on from all of this? Well, we're given the purpose of this psalm in the first few verses. Verses 1 through 2 are the call to praise God and make his deeds known. Verses 3 through 5 tell us why we want to know those deeds. First, we're told that we're to glory in his name. The Hebrew word for glory is also used to describe things that are heavy, and so it's used in a figurative sense to describe heavy subjects, things that need to be taken seriously. We remember God's works so that we'll take his word seriously. And when he promises something, it gets done. When he promises to protect us, that's a word we can take seriously, and the other nations better watch out. In verse 4, we're reminded of God's deeds so that we will seek him. When we're in the lows of life, we should be reminded of what he did with Joseph, bringing him from slavery to lordship. We should remember that he delivered Israel with the ten plagues and provided for them in the wilderness. It's tempting to seek out other solutions that promise quick answers, but none of them can measure up to what God wants to offer us. And in verse 5, remember the wondrous works that he has done his miracles, and the judgments he uttered. Not only did God protect his people, he judged and warned everybody else off from harming his people. In verse 15, he warns kings, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. Well, when Egypt began to hate Israel, God worked his judgments against them, ruining their land, their livelihood, and their families. So we'll do well to remember the judgments that God has made, and be careful to be avoiding them by following God. So we need to remember the history of God's people because they teach us the mistakes that we need to avoid, and also to take the comforts and promises of God seriously. God has done all of this according to verse 45, that they may keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Following God is always going to be easier with a good memory. So we continue to sing and pray his psalms and make his deeds known among the nations, that we might obey and that we might enjoy his promises. 